Welcome to In the Clinic with Camille. My name is Camille Freeman. I am a registered herbalist and licensed nutritionist. And in this podcast, I share little tips and tidbits that might be helpful for other practitioners. So I am on an interviewing role this summer. I'm bringing you today my latest interview with Mason Hutchinson. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Mason and also encourage you to listen to this episode if you are in the process of building your practice or building any kind of herb or nutrition or essentially any kind of business. Because for me, one of the takeaways of this interview has to do with how you start small, how you come from a place of service, and how things can build and evolve over time. And I think it's a really fascinating journey. I think you'll you'll get a lot from listening to Mason share about how Herbali has become what it is today and some other behind the scenes uh, tips and tricks and interesting little things about uh, what's going on at Herb Rally. So let me tell you about Mason. Mason Hutchinson is the founder of Herb Rally. It's a podcast and website that promotes herbalism education and events. And y'all, they have a really great YouTube channel um, sign up for their newsletter, their YouTube channel, um, their podcast, just tons of great information there. Mason has completed herbalism apprenticeships at the Columbine School of Botanical Studies and the Arcto School of Herbal and Botanical Studies. Mason is a husband, proud father, avid chess, basketball, and ping pong player, spring water gatherer, and enthusiast in the art of frugal nutrition. So without any further babbling on my end, let's go to the interview. All right. I am so excited to be here with Mason. Uh, Mason, thanks for agreeing to come on. I um, have been thinking about interviewing you for a while and I was like, oh, you must be really busy. <laughs> <laughs> I always have time for you, Camille. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I what I was thinking a theme for our interview would really be kind of a behind the scenes at Herb Rally uh, because I know you have such a robust platform. And I think a lot of people, especially when they're starting out, probably feel like, oh, you know, he must have some special sauce or there must be something <laughs> behind it. And one of my things is like, we all just sort of put one foot in front of the other and wind up where we are. So I think it could be really helpful to hear more about, um, you know, how you got here and what's going on that we might not see from the outside. It's really neat that you say that uh, Herb Rally is a robust platform because you're right. It, it did start incredibly small. Um, we basically just started listing events and that's all we were. We were the Herbal Communities event platform. That's kind of how I saw. It. And then and then over time, I was like, oh, it'd be cool to add monographs. And then uh, next thing you know, we're doing a podcast and stuff like that. So yeah, just kind of continuously grew. And uh, it hit me the other day. I think LinkedIn may have reminded me, but I started Herb Rally in 2015. Uh, so it's over eight years old now, which is kind of mind blowing to me. Oh, congratulations. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. So maybe we could start out and share what inspired you to actually create Herb Rally or the schoolhouse. I know you have the schoolhouse, which is a newer component. Um, sure. But if you'd love to talk about either one of those, that'd be great. Yeah, let's start with Herb Rally and maybe we'll get into schoolhouse later. But basically, uh, I was the events coordinator for Mountain Reserves for 11 years or maybe a decade or so. And, uh, uh, you know, several years uh, back, I decided I was looking for a, a spot on the internet that listed herbalism events. And there were a bunch of um, websites that listed some of the main conferences. I want to say maybe like uh, maybe American Herbalist Guild will list their events. And I would kind of piecemeal together, like to find out where different events were happening and whatnot. But I thought it'd be cool on the internet to have one place where you could go and find uh, herbalism events in your neck of the woods, as we like to say. Um, and so I just decided to 
purchase a Squarespace website and just start listing them uh, kind of as a benefit for my job at Mountain Reserves. But also, yeah, I just I really adore the herbal community and I just kind of wanted to yeah know what was going on from the big herbal conferences. Yeah, but also down to your, you know, your smaller lectures at the local library the or the the small little plant walks happening in some random town and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it was really just a, a resource I created for myself and I figured uh, a lot of other people would be interested as well. Yeah, and they are. Yeah. It's really cool. And so how did it evolve from there? So you started out with events, you got the website, you just did it. How did you, well, first of all, did you compile them yourself? Did you reach out to people to say, hey, submit your event? Like what was the process there? And then also, could you tell us how things evolved from that point? Yeah, kind of a little bit of both. Uh, I signed up to a lot of different herbalist newsletters. So anytime, yeah, anytime a newsletter came in where it listed their event, I would just, and I still do this to this day. I see this event happening and then I, uh, and then I listed on the website and we, we organized by both all events and then events by state. Uh, technically we have an international events page as well, which isn't as robust, but, um, but yeah, so I signed up to a lot of newsletters. Uh, anytime I found out about something, I list it. I also do, we also do list a, uh, like we have a event submission form as well. Uh, so that became more and more, uh, popular over the years and people to this day still submit events through that same form. Um, but yeah, uh, basically, oh, I also have a, um, a Google doc where I have tons of different herbalist websites with their events page and a link to it. And, uh, when I have like off time or whatever, I, I go through that list and I, and I look at what's happening on their calendars and I add the events that way as well. So it's all manual. It's all done by me. Um, I have had help in the past, uh, but most of the time it's, it's been mostly me adding these events. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I, I just want to like highlight for people who are listening, the service component of this, like you saw a need, you thought it would be cool to do it and you did it. And I'm guessing we haven't gotten to this yet, but I'm <laughs> guessing that doing that got you all these connections and integrations with different people doing cool stuff that has allowed you to kind of keep going with this work. It's, it's been very helpful, especially yeah, for the relationship building component. Like people are thrilled that there's a place on online that lists their events. And I've actually had, you know, I remember working an event for Mountain Reserves when I was in Portland at the, I want to say it was the traditional roots conference. And someone uh, came up to me at the Mountain Reserves table and they're like, Hey Mason, uh, they knew me from Herb Rally. And they said, uh, Oh, we're here because we saw this event list on Herb Rally. And it just made me so happy knowing that people were actually using it for its intended purpose. Yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that. So great. I use the um, event submission form. Yeah. <laughs> I, su I submit things on there. It's it's definitely worth checking out for people who've got stuff going on. Um, so so tell us what happened from there. How did things evolve from the the event listing feature? Yeah. Oh, I do. I do want to point out too. We actually list uh, virtual events now. I'm uh, since the whole COVID situation. Uh, I kept getting that request. Why don't you list uh, online events? So I started doing, we started doing that as well. Um, so that's, that's another component that you could check out. Um, Herbrally.com slash distance. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Distance. <laughs> so we listed events and then, yeah, we also started listing herbalism schools all over the U S which we also break down by state. Uh, so if you go to Herbrally.com slash schools, you could hopefully find an herb school in your area. Um, but then, um, so we added that component. Then we started adding uh, monographs. Um, I was really into the idea of having Herb Rally be a home for these lengthy, well-written monographs with uh, stories and experience uh, integrated into them. That, that's because 
I like monographs where there's sometimes just super basic where it just like lists the range and the, you know, this, um, the Latin name and the medicinal uses and whatnot. But I really wanted the monographs to also include like story components from that particular herbalist. Um, those are the ones that I found enjoyable to read. Um, and we do have some more basic ones on Herb Rally, but a lot of them you'll notice if you go there, they're super long. Like I want to say we have a 21 page calendula monograph on our, on our website. So, so yeah, I really like the lengthy ones with stories, uh, integrated as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go for it. Well, so did you, how did you get people to write those? What's the deal there? Did you see somebody who had a great monograph and say, Hey, can we publish that? Or how did that process happen? Yeah. So what. I want to say the original monographs that we had, I paid some of my herbalist friends like so much, uh, so much money per word. Uh, and that's kind of how we got it rolling. Uh, I was essentially investing this money in, in, into this website. I wasn't really sure it was going to be a business per se at the time, uh, but I, to me, it felt worth it to do that. We have had uh, other monographs submitted by herbalists uh, where they just hooked us up. And to, I think for them, they viewed it as like, a say, an awareness or a marketing situation for them to bring awareness to their school or whatnot. But yeah, I, w- I want to say a lot of the original monographs uh, were paid uh, by me straight out of pocket just to... Yeah, uh, have them write it. Yeah. So this is all happening while you are still working at Mountain Rose. It's kind of like a side project that you're just funding Mm -hmm. on your own. So you're paying for the hosting and like there's no monetization at this point. Is that right? No, I, I was just interviewed on Herbal Radio with Mountain Rose Herbs. And this a similar question was asked. And I was like, I probably didn't make money for maybe the first three or four years of maybe a tiny amount here and there through like affiliate sales and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, it was a uh, self-funded uh, for the first few years, and it was barely even really a business. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. So you started getting the monographs on there, and then mm-hmm. how did things evolve from I that wanna, point? I want to say the podcast was next, and I actually did kind of something similar. To be honest, um, I was paying for people to teach lessons on the podcast, uh, but then a lot of the times people would submit audio, say from an herb conference, um, in order to promote. Uh, next year's herb conference or something like that. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it was uh, uh, me reaching out to herbalists that I knew that um, ha- they had projects that they wanted to promote. And then they would just sit down and record some sort of audio lesson. And then they would um, include that particular project that they wanted to promote as well. So cool. yeah, it started out, I want to say as like um, maybe about an episode a week, um, maybe sometimes more. Uh, but yeah, I was pretty, I was very consistent with it. And all I would do, uh, for a lot of these was I would sit down and record like an intro, um, and then plug that particular herbalist. Got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. And then is this about the time that you started putting more, um, like time and effort into herb rally or like, at what point did you decide to kind of step away from mountain Rose and then really put all your eggs and I don't know if all your eggs are in this basket, but you know, put more (laughs) eggs in this basket. (laughs) It really, really all my eggs were in this basket, but I, the way I look at it is I always tell people to set like a 10 year goal. If, if anyone's ever asking me for like, say marketing or sorry, business advice or something like that, I always just say, set an extremely long-term goal. And that's what I did. I I said, I want, uh, I would like herb rally to be the way that we make our living um, after 10 years. And we essentially, I, we were able to quit our jobs at mountain reserves, me and Amanda, Amanda's now the co-owner of herb rally as well. She's also my wife. Um, but we both quit mountain reserves pretty much roughly the same time, uh, because, uh, herb rally was, uh, providing enough income for us to be able to do that. Um, 
Uh, wait, what was the original question? <laughs> oh, well, you basically answered it. Yeah. So how did you get to the point where it was making money? Because so far up to now, it's been sort of like, oh, you know, you're paying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so how right. did you start to get money coming in the other direction? Yeah. So all along the way, I'm kind of picking up different um, business ideas for a rally, how we actually could make it um, like make a living off of this. And I, I want to say the first thing that we started really doing was affiliate sales which was essentially um, us promoting different herbal herbal education products. And then we would get, say, a cut of that. Um, and I remember one time we were explaining this to um, Amanda's dad, and he's like, oh, so like a pyramid scheme. And I'm, and I'm like, it's not really a pyramid scheme. It's really... Um, it's 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 just like um yeah it's just you're you're taking a commission for that particular uh sale of that product so um i i feel like ethically good about it because we're promoting the products from people that we know if that makes sense yeah i don't think it becomes yeah. a pyramid scheme unless you're recruiting people who are then going to recruit more people <laughs> yeah, that has to keep going to be a pyramid <laughs> I, I i just really hope to this day he doesn't think we're just running a pyramid scheme over here at herb rally <laughs> <laughs> definitely not yeah yeah uh, okay yeah. um and so right so at this point is is that how things are going or how are you um how are you making your money at herb rally is it yeah so affiliate still yeah so uh i'd say a lot of it is affiliate we're also uh accept advertising dollars so so for the first yeah again like maybe six or seven years of running this thing we we've always listed herbalism events for free we still list herbalism events for free, uh, but we decided that maybe people might want extra exposure for uh, their events. So we added these different tiered options for people to promote their events. Um, and that's actually been really helpful for us. So um, we have a, a decent sized newsletter. So then we're able to put extra exposure on these types of events. So, so yeah, we get advertising dollars, affiliate sales, and then we also as you were mentioning earlier, our Herb Rally Schoolhouse, uh, we also have a uh, an option for folks. If they like what we're doing here at Herb Rally, they could become a member. And basically what that entails is um, a private member area where there's exclusive content. Uh, and that's kind of our way of saying thank you to our members. But really, the way I look at Herb Rally Schoolhouse is for people that appreciate Herb Rally as a service, uh, that they're able to just provide $10 a month for us. And that uh, helps us keep the lights on here. And yeah, we have roughly 210 members, something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. And um, how do you curate the content? I've been so curious about this ever since I um, kind of got connected with your <laughs> your work. So how do you, um, you know, how do you find all these cool people and all the different things that you've got um, that you promote on the podcast and in the website? How do you, how do you manage that? Yeah, you know, so also another thing that we've added recently is we've always had the podcast, but I, we just started something called the Herbalist Hour, which Camille Freeman was on. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times uh, as far as like who we get on that show is it's kind of random. It's like um, I get like, say, an email from you or like a newsletter from you or something like that. I'm like, oh, shoot, I should have Camille on the show. You know, that'd be great. And then I just I just email you or whoever. And then we get something in the books. Um uh, as far as like schoolhouse content, uh, it's kind of depends on where we're at in the world at that particular moment. Like, uh, like we're, we're back in Wisconsin now. So we want to go record some more, um, uh, herbal ener energetic classes with our friend Kyle Denton over at Tippecanoe herbs. And, you know, it's, it's really just kind of inspiration. Maybe there should be more, um, more intention behind it or, but yeah, it's really just, uh, 
who is inspiring me in that current moment? Who do I know in the area and that kind of thing? I love that you said that because I think so many people would maybe look at herb rally from the outside and think, Oh, cause you see, there's all these classes. Like you got to have a content plan and the content has to be leading somewhere and <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just haven't found that to be true for myself. And it sounds like for you, you're also just kind of going with the flow doing what is in front of you and what seems like it's of value and service. And here we are. Is that, I, is that that's I, fair? Uh, yeah. And you know, if we go over some more tools of the trade later on, I could tell you, we do have somewhat of a plan, but, um, I agree with you wholeheartedly, like being too rigid with something, I, I, I feel like inhibits speed and I'm interested in, and, in, um, and yeah, I like the organic approach. I like, um, what's inspiring me in that moment, who's inspiring me and whatnot. So, and I, I have the fortune to know so many great herbalists, like, uh, the, the, uh, the con there's never going to be a shortage of, um, you know, classes that we could put out and whatnot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so my next question is, how do you market or promote Herb Rally? And uh, if you could share what's been successful or the most successful thing you've done, that might be super helpful for people listening. Totally. So I was chatting with Amanda about this before we jumped on the call. And uh, she was uh, she took this question as like, how do we uh, market ourselves? Like, And she's she used the word authenticity. So I do want to highlight that. Like, one thing that we do here at Rally is we're trying to be ourselves as much as possible. We'll uh, we'll curse in the podcast sometimes because I do that in daily life. Or um, you know, a lot of herbalism podcasts will have like say uh, more folk uh, type music for their intro song, but I like hip hop music, so we kind of created this hip hop song and whatnot. So I, I really liked Amanda's approach to that question because I, I did want to highlight, I really, I really like the herb rallies borderline and extension of both of our personalities. Her art gets to shine through the website and my uh, personality gets to sh um, shine, I guess, uh, through hosting the podcast and whatnot. Um, and I, I really like that approach, but, uh, as far as like more practical stuff, um, I know you have an episode about this on in the clinic about like email collection, uh, and having, you know, say like freebies and whatnot. Uh, I will say we do use that. Um, so the email newsletter is huge for us. Um, and so we, what we do is we offer, we is a uh, 13 herbal freebies in exchange for your newsletter. I will say, uh, or your email subscription. I will say this. I say that very upfront. I'm like, <laughs> we're going to give you these 13 freebies in exchange for your email address. Um, and that's been very helpful to growing our, our newsletter to, uh, around 14,000, over 14,000 subscribers now. Um, uh, otherwise I want to say, uh, yeah, just the constant, uh, consistent, uh, content, uh, production, basically like we have been releasing literally seven YouTube videos per week. Uh, we've been publishing podcast episodes five days per week. Uh, and I think that's really helped grow our audience and, uh, just, just the general good feels and community overall. Yeah. And how, tell me about the newsletter. How often do you send that out? So on our like sign up page, I say one to four times per week. I think it's important if you are going to collect people's email addresses, you should tell them what they can expect. And I say four times per week, that's definitely at the high end. Uh, but there probably has been weeks in the history of a rally where we have put out four per week. I want to say on average, it's probably around two times per week. Um, but yeah, usually what um, is in our newsletter is uh, event updates, what's new as far as content-wise here at Herb Rally, and just basically 
what we're what, what's going on in the herbal community essentially that's what we're trying to do yeah they're super yeah. helpful i get them um and and i read really? them yeah nice. yeah i don't always cool. read newsletters but i do read yours that's awesome um so so that's so you're doing seven YouTube videos, five podcasts, <laughs> one or more newsletters. I think you're also on various social places. Mm -hmm. So how is all of this happening? <laughs> Do yeah. you have help? Are you doing this? You know, what's going on behind the scenes to make all this happen? So I want to say maybe around year three, I did hire my friend Sarah. Um uh and she helped out a lot. Uh and then for a little bit I hired my sister-in-law. Uh but yeah, in Herb Rally's existence, it's mostly been me. Uh, and then the past couple of years, um, since Amanda came on, she's we we both essentially it's it's the two of us. So so no outside help uh, other than you know people contributing their monographs or or podcast episodes and whatnot like that. But all the admin, all the videography and stuff like that. That's that's Amanda and I. Wow. Yeah. So. Do you have just to get into the nitty gritty? Because I know we're both yeah. people that are interested in the um, <laughs> <laughs> the back end of things. Sure. Do you have a schedule where you're like, okay, Monday mornings I do editing, Tuesdays I do podcast? Like, yeah. do you have something like that, or, or are you just sort of like waking up every day and seeing what's on the table? How do you how do you go through this? I want to say in the biz world they call that batching. Uh, we uh, we. We kind of do. Honestly, we should probably do more of it. Um, and later on, we might talk about, say, some of the challenges of Herb Rally. I would say yeah, um, prioritization could be a, a challenge for us for sure. Um, but uh, our main tool that we use now is Asana. Uh, for, for years, we were on a, a project management software called Reich, uh, but we use Asana now. Either way, I highly recommend for anybody listening, use some sort of project management software because it's essentially a glorified checklist, uh, but then you're able to assign uh, you know, who's in charge of that, uh, the date it's due. You're able to shuffle it around, of course, but uh, it's so useful for us. So yeah, uh, the nitty gritty behind the scenes is we are constantly uh, keeping up on our emails and keeping up on our Asana checklist. And, and that's basically how we get everything done. Uh, but to answer your question, we don't really batch stuff per se. Sometimes we will if we have to be hyper, you know, um, on it. But, but yeah, it's 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 all about the project management software for us. Got it. Okay. And do you have work hours? Like, are are you are you like okay, three o'clock today? I'm done. I'm I'm off. Or are you sort of? I, I know it's, it seems like you're in your home, and when you're <laughs> when that's happening, it can be really hard to to separate and to be like, okay, now it's my free time. How do you do with that? Or do you, do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Tell us uh, your tricks. <laughs> yeah. Amanda's been enforcing uh, weekends. So uh, we're not allowed to work on weekends anymore. Although I, I probably still have been bad about that. Uh, on occasion, I'll sneak off and do something, but, uh, but, but we're trying to keep it sacred, right? So we're trying to say Monday through Friday, I don't schedule podcast interviews on, on Saturday or Sunday anymore. If I could help it, um, uh, but yeah, uh, I would say we are trying to keep essentially a nine to five, uh, mm -hmm. Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So hard. It's so hard when you work at home. I've, Absolutely. I've it really, <laughs> yeah, it is. And you know, it's easy to just walk over and do the dishes, which isn't really helpful for getting your work, your actual herb rally work done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But, yeah. Um, okay, cool. And what's been the hardest part of 
doing all of this? Because this is a lot. This is a whole lot for one or even two people to be managing. Yeah, I would say uh, one of the challenges is definitely like the work-life balance. Um, when me and Amanda are just hanging out, you know, trying to like have a good time and I start talking about work, <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> that. that's definitely challenging. And for me, I view it as, I don't know, I find it entertaining, but I know that we all need to shut our brains off and um, actually get restorative uh you know go do some fun things that are helpful for like our general well-being um and so i'm i'm really trying to turn things off because i'll even find myself listening to certain educational podcasts which almost could be deemed as work as well when i need to just you know some people in the herbal community might find it uh weird or interesting but I'm, i'm like a basketball fan i like the nba i've liked it since i was a kid and so I have all these storylines in my head. Uh, and I, I got rid of all of that part of my personality for probably a decade. And it was because I thought it was childish and stupid, but, but I brought that back into my life because I realized having these pointless things is actually beneficial. Why would I deny myself that childlike, you know, sense of, you know, I, I just love the NBA for whatever reason, but I'm allowing myself that to have that again. So, so yeah, uh, I'd say work-life balance. Um, honestly, I want to also mention, do you have any feedback on that? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, I yeah. love that you yeah. said that. Cause I think there is some pressure. You like, you don't always see people sharing stuff like that. And I yeah. love it. I yeah. grew up in Kentucky and, you know, college basketball there is like, <laughs> oh, yeah, <life>. so, <laughs> yeah, totally <laughs> get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, another challenge I want to say is the financial component. Like, when Amanda and I were employed by Mountain Rose Herbs, we were getting steady paychecks every couple of weeks. And that was, you know, it was so nice. <laughs> like you didn't really have to worry as much about, you know, paying your bills and whatnot. But I feel like uh, since quitting uh, and doing Herb Rally full time, there's, there is that worry and pressure that you're not doing enough or like, yeah, I just, I, I want to, I want to keep, keep doing this and, um, yeah, I love I love working on Herb Rally and but you know, sometimes there's the the pressure of like holy shit, hopefully we make enough money to survive. Yeah. I I hear that and I think especially with what you were talking about before, sometimes there's the feeling that like oh, I could work more and potentially make some more money yeah. or I could rest or do other things for my own like personal or mental health. Yeah. Um but sometimes there is the feeling of like well um yeah like there there are times when working more does mean that you make more money and so yeah. it's hard it's really hard to <laughs> to be like okay all right. Absolutely. I that I so hear I, that. I guess uh one other thing I wanted to touch on was prioritization and I may have talked about this earlier with the project management software stuff but uh sometimes I find me and Amanda get really excited about this like shiny new project and it's really like oh we want to we really want to do this so we start working on it we put, start putting a ton of energy and effort into it and then uh we realize we're we're neglecting say the accounting side or some some something that we really actually have to do uh pay our taxes and whatnot and um we need to just shut down the excitement for this new project and actually get the other important stuff done uh and yeah I would say that's a challenge for me at, at least maybe not Amanda as much, but yeah. Oh, I so hear that. And, yeah. and sometimes it's also, it's the same thing of 
well, I could do this fun new project and it is also going to eat into the time that I thought I was going to rest or, mm-hmm. or do something else. Um, yeah, I hear that. Yeah. It's like, oh, these are the things that are actually bringing in <laughs> money and paying my paycheck and like the need to keep the wheels on the bus. So Amen. I need to do things. Yeah. 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 I get it. I totally get it. I have I have like at least a thousand ideas <laughs> of what I could do if I only had like 48 hours in a day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Would that be nice? A few more. Yeah. <laughs> um so you you shared a little bit about how Herb Rally kind of got where it is. Yeah. Um and you hinted at there is some kind of big picture plan. Um can you give us a sneak peek into either the big picture plan or some future things that are coming up? down the road for you or herb rally or both yeah if i alluded to some sort of big picture plan earlier i i I was unaware of that so um (laughs) no it's fine uh uh, i my our goal is just to keep growing the platform uh at a steady pace uh in order to fund the lifestyle that we want and i i want to be clear i feel very 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 grateful for the position i'm in uh when i was younger i could have never imagined myself uh here at where I'm at now, like, I can't even, I can't even believe that this is what I get to do. It's, it's so cool to kind of like look back and see, uh, where I came from, how far I've, I've come. Um, and, uh, I, I have so much to be thankful for. So yeah, I just want to, I, I just want to keep doing what we're doing here at Herb Rally, growing the platform. I will say we do have a, a plan for, um, which maybe, maybe is what I was suggesting earlier, but we, we are going to come out with some sort of book series eventually uh which is really fun because again it's going to get to combine i want to say the two best aspects of what amanda and i provide my relationship to the herbal community and her ability to create beautiful art um so without going too far into like the details of what the book's actually going to be which camille i want you to be in it so we got to link up in person at some point but um but um yeah so i would say we're really excited about the book series but other than that uh, I'm I'm the most excited for the Herbalist Hour right now, the new podcast series. Um, it's just I was so scared to do that, and uh, and I was like, one of the things I was telling myself was like, ah, it's, it's not even going to be that fun to do. And now that I'm interviewing people, I'm like, oh, this is my favorite part of what I do at Herb, Herb Rally. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I would just say just steadily grow the uh, platform at a reasonable, you know, balanced pace. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I, um, just to put in a plug for the herbalist hour interviews, they are super fun. I love listening to them. And, uh, I always feel like I learn some things about, uh, just myself and my practice, but also the, the people on it. It's really cool. So I, Thank I you for saying super that. appreciate them. That's awesome. Um, and I, you know, I think the plan that it, maybe you had alluded to was perhaps more like a marketing, um, be like the method behind madness. Uh, and so I did, if it's okay, I want to ask yeah. one one unscripted question, which sure. is about um, from the marketing or promotional perspective, do you have um, like teachers or books or how have you, is this just things you're picking up along the way? Like what resources are you drawing on in terms of how you think about your own marketing and promotion? Yeah. So a lot of it was informed by, you know, Technically, I worked 11 years at Mount Rose Herbs, and that was in the marketing department. So uh, all while working in there, um, I became kind of hyper obsessive of reading various or listening to podcasts in the marketing sphere, which a, a lot of the people in the per, uh, in the herbal community would probably be repulsed by. Um, and uh, 
So I could give some suggestions, but currently what I'm really enjoying is like learning uh, about YouTubers uh, and and that whole world because there's a whole world dedicated to they call them um, the creator economy. Um, and so what I one of the uh, two people I really like listening to their names are Colin and Samir, uh, and they have a whole uh, podcast and platform dedicated to the the, the creator economy. So I, I recommend them. They're just a couple sweet guys, and they have a lot of great insight and tips. I also listen to Nick Nimmin live. Uh, he's also kind of a um, a fun YouTube type uh, content creator. Um, otherwise, yeah, I li- um, I know you use uh, uh, AppSumo sometimes, and I'll listen to the the creator of AppSumo sometimes his podcast. Uh, Noah Kagan. I've learned a lot of different uh, marketing tips and tricks, if you will, from him. Again, like some people might be repulsed by his bravado and and uh cursing and and bro nature but you know i i feel like find the type of uh marketing person that resonates with you and uh you know there's a lot of great people out there to to check out i know a lot of people like what like say maybe amy porterfield or something like that but um you you probably have some really good resources and suggestions as well uh but i do think it's important to educate yourself on this because again um you know i don't know like Maybe herbalists a lot of times underappreciate uh, the value of like marketing and business and whatnot, but it's also super important because that's how you make your livelihood. And it doesn't have to be sleazy. Um, I guess that's my rant. Yeah. Well, I think it ties into what you said before about authenticity. Some of it is about showing up frequently yeah. and being yourself. Yeah. And I think those, and then paying attention to what happens, <laughs> yeah. those are some of the key things. But I agree. I think that um, you don't, you aren't just born knowing how to market. Yeah. And so you have to learn somewhere. And if you don't put some thought into it, you wind up learning from people who are kind of sleazy. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, might might as well look around and see who's doing it in a way that you resonate with or appreciate, or at least take the good things, you know, piece piece it together from the different resources that are available. Absolutely. Yeah, I think what I find is the best form of marketing really is just giving as much as you can to your audience. And that's what I've honestly, that was one of the perks of self-funding Herb Rally the whole time I worked at Mountain Reserves because I never really wanted or asked anything from anybody. I was just trying to give as much as I could to the herbal community. And um, I had a paycheck coming in on the side, so it was easy for me to do that. Uh, but yeah, I think I think if you give your audience as much as you can, um, you know, things will hopefully work out. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really clear from kind of being in your ecosystem that you're still doing that and you're getting paid, which I'm sure everybody loves for you. Um, (laughs) But it's like that, that whole spirit of service goes a really long way. And just being like, what do you, what do people need? What could they use? What would be helpful right now? Yeah. And 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 it's the perfect cross section of what people find helpful and love and at the same time, it's what I find helpful and what I love this. I, I love doing this. Like, that's why I have the energy to, that's why we have the energy to continuously put out all this content because every new video we publish, I'm like, yeah, this is so great. We're building the library of, of what we're offering to the world. So I love it. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, so for our last question, could you yeah. share a little bit about how people can get involved with Herb Rally, whether it's, you know, like you already mentioned, joining the schoolhouse or writing a monograph or maybe doing events? How how can people take part in what's happening here? 
Yeah, all of the above. I mean, uh, if you want to know what's happening in the herbal community, you could join the the newsletter. Uh, also, I'd say subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, you know, you I know you and I talked about this on our interview, and you also have an episode dedicated to it. But like, if you watch a video and you enjoy it, one way to get noticed or you know to to participate in the community is to actually uh, comment. Uh, you know just say hi or some sort of a takeaway you may have had, but you know, that's not required. I'm just saying, if you want to participate in the community, the herb rally community, that's one way to do it. Uh, yeah. Join the newsletter. We also do have a, um, a Facebook group, which you could join. Um, and there's a lot of people in there just kind of participating by sharing their events that they're up to, or, you know, sometimes people will ask general herbalism questions. Uh, but the main reason for the herb rally group is to share events and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, otherwise, yeah, the herb rally schoolhouse, uh, is another way if you want to kind of ramp up your support or participation in the, uh, herb rally ecosystem. Yeah. And I will just highlight what you just said about, um, you know, liking a video or commenting on something that you appreciated writing back to a newsletter and saying, Hey, this really helped me just ties into that comment you made earlier about somebody coming up to you at a conference and saying, I'm here because of you. Totally. Y'all, it goes such a long way to making someone's day to just, if, if you really enjoyed something to just let them know that it made a difference. It's, it's not like a, you know, SEO boosting, like we're trying to ask you this because <laughs> because it's gonna you know advance our influence. It's like no, it it makes it all worth it when you're creating oh. something and somebody gets something out of it. It's really, um, it's really awesome. And I think people people feel like oh, you know, it's so big. You've got fourteen thousand people on this newsletter. It's not going to make a difference if I write and say I loved this, but it really does. Yeah, I uh, yeah I I couldn't agree more. And I'm I'm telling you, anytime we get a comment. Well, positive comment, negative comments. I'm I'm learning I'm I'm learning to deal with. In fact, I'm I kind of look forward to them now. I'm like, you know, it, it helps build thicker skin for me. So, but um, but yeah, like uh, the positive comments go a long way. And yeah, like you said, when those people came up to me at that table, it really like I still talk about it to this day. Like I brought it up several podcasts now, so I love it. Yeah, it makes it makes all the difference. You can make yeah. somebody's day in just like a thirty seconds by doing something like that. Totally. Um, Anyway, Mason, thank you so much for, first of all, for coming on this podcast, but second of all, for all the work that's gone into Herbrelli. I, I think I had a sense for it, but talking to you, I have um, an even better appreciation for everything that's gone into it and all the like time and love and dedication that it's taken to get it here. And it's such a, it's such a service to the herbal community. I'm so glad that you're doing it. Mm. Oh, thank you, Camille. <laughs> you made my day. Um, I really appreciate you saying that. And yeah, thanks for having me on your show. And um, yeah, thanks to y'all for listening. All right, everybody go check out Herb Rally if you don't already know about it. And I'll uh, talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks for listening to In the Clinic with Camille. Hey, did you know that I write a weekly practitioner note for herbalists and nutritionists. If you would like to get that in your inbox, you can sign up at camillefreeman.com newsletter. Love to have you join us there.